Welcome to Exec Talk with Paradigm 360, a podcast featuring C-suite executives, entrepreneurs, nonprofit and government leaders expressing how they model leadership, integrity, and authenticity in the marketplace. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the collaboration with thought leaders from across the globe sharing their best corporate practices. Now let's welcome our host, Executive Leadership Coach Christina Lee, for another amazing conversation. Welcome to Paradigm 360. I'm your leadership coach, Christina Lee, and we are here today with Exec Talk. I'm so excited to have my guest here, none other than Chelsea Caldwell. We're going to talk today and have a powerful discussion about young professionals in the workplace. There's a lot of noise going on about millennials, and I know that Chelsea is going to set the record straight today. So listen, we're going to get right to our conversation, but before we do that, we're going to hear from our sponsor, We'll be right back with Chelsea Caldwell. Paradigm 360 LLC is a corporate consulting firm that specializes in executive coaching, coach training certification, change management, and an array of leadership development tools designed to build culture and produce authentic leadership within your organization. Our team of experts have over 30 years of combined experience working with C-suite executive, leadership teams, middle management, and frontline employees. We take pride in our corporate motto, building world-class leaders one conversation at a time. Please look us up on the web at www.paradigm360consulting.com. Until then, we'll see you at the top. You're listening to Exec Talk with Paradigm 360 with Executive Leadership Coach Christina Lee. After the show, stay connected at www.paradigm360consulting.com. Now back to the show with your host, Christina Lee. Welcome back. Christina Lee here, your host today. I'm so excited. This is one of our brightest thought leaders in the country, Miss Chelsea Caldwell. She hails from the great state of Texas. You know, everything is big in Texas. And I got to tell you that Chelsea is a huge, huge leader uh, in our workspace. And so today she's going to just really help us unpack uh, some things that we need to talk about generationally in the workplace because uh, the boomers and the Gen Xs, we are on our way to retirement and our next generation is taking our country by storm. And I think it's important uh, to dialogue with these future leaders because they bring some innovative solutions to the table. And I think sometimes we miss the ball uh, because we don't understand uh, their generation. And I just want to have a down-home conversation with Chelsea as it relates to her and how she views um, the workforce from a young person's perspective. So let me share a little bit about Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea is a DEI and talent development consultant at Perfecta, a talent development agency. In her role, Chelsea specializes in providing strategic planning and leadership development to design and enable sustainable new ways of working. With experiencing managing numerous complex transformations at Fortune 500s across industries, Chelsea excels at building communities and integrating diverse perspectives while delivering impactful solutions. Her primary focus is collaborating with Perfecta's clients to develop holistic DEI strategies and initiatives that create a greater sense of belonging for employees and ensure 
ensures equitable practices and messages are embedded across the business. Her purpose is to embrace authenticity, lean into challenges, and tenaciously discover pathways through adversity so that we can create and live the future we envision for ourselves. Chelsea holds a master's in management with a concentration in organizational behavior and a bachelor's of business administration in marketing. She is a certified career coach with Paradigm 360 and a DEI practitioner. In her free time, you can find Chelsea huddled under a blanket, reading a book or at a museum near you. Can you help me celebrate uh, our guest today, Miss Chelsea Caldwell? Hey, Chelsea, you are in the house. My goodness. I mean, to be so young, you get a star, you get the stardom like that. I mean, all the hand clapping and... (laughs) So happy to be here with you today. Oh, wonderful. I'm glad to have you, Chelsea. Um, it has been such a pleasure to watch you uh, grow and just matriculate through business uh, over the last um, what year or so that I've had an opportunity to connect with you year, year and a half. Uh, you came to us through our coach training program uh, through one of our other uh, executive leadership coaches. And um, you have just been uh, a pleasure to work with. And at the time when uh, you went through our program, you were a junior executive working for a large Fortune 500 firm, making some big moves and closing some big deals and walking in some big shoes. And you were probably um, stowing away tons of thousands of dollars in the 401k plan and you had the great benefits package and you decided to walk away from all that and hang your own shingle and do something different and uh, hence is why we're talking today because uh, many people in my generation Chelsea they're saying what the world she done left all of that uh, to, to do something different and so welcome to the show uh, I just wanted to give our guests just a little bit of a background as to why you're here. But before we jump in, I want you to just say what you'd like to say about Chelsea and uh, anything that you'd like to say about the show that we're going to talk about today. Yeah, again, I'm super excited about this topic. I think the relevance just continues to grow, especially when we think about the great resignation, as it were, that a lot of companies are experiencing that struggle of being able to retain their talent. So, so often we always talk about acquisition and getting the right talent in the door, but I really think people are finally starting to see that the importance is How do you retain that great talent once you get them? Like, what are the types of things you need to cultivate um, there to maintain your workforce? Because my thing is, people are your greatest asset. Um, And and so really just having that focus on that, being able to discuss more about that future way of work and just how we can continue to just build better workplaces is something that I'm excited for. Fantastic. Now, you know, Chelsea, um, I want to make sure I coin this in a way that... uh, it's uh, respectful to you. I won't ask you your age, but you could tell me, are you 20-something or 30-something? Would that be fair? 20-something. My goodness, 20-something. <laughs> Chelsea, you are dating me. Do you hear me? <laughs> 20-something. And I, I think that's important 
and very relevant for this conversation because what most people will find uh, during this conversation with you is that um, your knowledge around business is very vast, yet you've not been in the workforce that long. And so if you're 20-something, you've not had a solid 15 years yet in corporate America, but your resume, your resume uh, looks as if you've been a powerhouse for many, many years. So I want to talk about that because let me give you some background. Uh, I'm 50 something, Chelsea. How about that? You and I will do the same thing. We'll do the something opposed to the actual age, but I'm 50 something. And when I was growing up, it was customary that your parents, my parents would have been boomers, um, that they would expect to get a job, be on that job for 30 years, and retire with a 30-year pin and a pension. Um, Well, from the industry that you used to work in, you know that things have shifted uh, a lot. Matter of fact, the the firm that you used to work for, people call firms in like yours to to shift the culture and make changes uh, so that companies will be able to continue to do business uh, down the line. And so some of these pensions and programs that we see uh, that we saw long ago, they're gone. And we were trained in our generation, right, Gen X's. We were somewhat trained that we were to follow in the footsteps of our parents. The one difference is that many uh, of um, our, the young people in our generation went on to college. We were first year or first time college students, right? Our parents uh, may or may not have gone to college. And, but there still was this expectation that we would land a good job. Matter of fact, I'll give you a little bit more context. When I was coming up, Chelsea, you had a gray suit, a blue suit, and uh, a black suit. Th- those were the things that you wore to work. And uh, you, you had a nice pair of heels, and, uh, and you wore some stockings. <laughs> now, all of this has context because uh, things are very different. Uh, and in corporate America, if you had shown up any different than that, you would have been seen as an individual who did not hail a corporate executive presence. And so I know that we are far from that dynamic, but I wanted to just kind of tee that up because things are very different. Now, after the Gen X, we get the uh, millennial population, and you all come and really give a new twist to what we call corporate presence. And so I want to ask you a a question here um, about culture, because you all really have changed the culture and the dynamics of how we do business and how we'll do business in the future. So what role do you feel that culture plays in this conversation that we're going to have today as it relates to workplace and young professionals? Yeah, I think culture has a really huge part to play in this just because culture drives the community aspects of the work. And in a day and age where you're always connected, especially um, in the pandemic, working from home or those who are in a hybrid or remote environment, doesn't really matter where you are. You have that company email on your phone. You have those different reminders in those different pieces. It's, it's very ingrained in your work. And so having that pride in what you do and what your company does and what they value is really big for a lot of young professionals. I know values is something 
that I always look at whenever I'm looking at companies or or people that I want to work with or, or things of that nature. And I feel like how well you can say and match what you're saying instead of having that say do gap where your company is saying all of these great things about your culture, but the actions, the processes and all of those things aren't matching it. Um, when you close that gap, I think that's when you really strengthen your workplace and when people want to lean into the, what you're doing. Wow. Um, do you know how much uh, money corporations pay us in consultancy fees to help <laughs> get their professionals to that place that you've just stated? I mean, that's powerful. Really what you're talking about is how we model the way, Right. And and I love what you said because much of modeling the way um, has a lot to do with your personal values. And I think, to your point, one of the things that young people are saying is that our values are important and we're going to live by our values. And we're not tied to a ring. We're not tied to a system. We're not tied to uh, a corporate vision if it doesn't fit who we are and our destiny and our purpose. Is that fair, uh, Chelsea? I would say that's very fair. And I think what's even something that I learned more recently is the importance of paying attention to when your values shift. So, and I would say, and I know we'll talk about this more, but when I first started my full-time job and I was in corporate America, Fortune 500, what I had been gunning for, for for quite some time, that was that was where I had wanted to stay. I thought I was going to be there a, a very long time. And what I found, especially, again, in the pandemic and the quarantine, I had a lot of extra time to reflect, to think through some things, to do some journaling. And I just remember this period of time where, I knew I felt a shift, but I didn't know what it was. And so fortunately, I found value activities to do, journal reflections, things to really think about it. And after doing that work, what I found is that I had had a shift in my value. So I'm an assessments girl, strength finders, uh, all that. Like I, I do all of those different things. And so anytime I've done like a strength finders or something like that, my number one value had always come out as achiever with space between that and the number two. So achievement. And what I found during that time of reflection in the summer of 2020 was that authenticity had actually become my number one value and my thing that I was most focused on and being able to show up in my work fully myself and also driving the things that were important to me, the work that was important to me had become the number one thing that I wanted to prioritize. Wow. That's powerful. And I don't know that corporate professionals um, in generational gaps ahead of you understand the thought process that young people are taking themselves through. Uh, in this season. The more and more I talk to young professionals, the more I understand the importance of them being able to do what they are uniquely designed for. Uh, I have a a daughter, uh, 25 years old, 
who uh, is a college graduate, graduated from college with honors, with top honors, worked for a major bank, and has just recently left and has joined the ranks to do something totally different. Now, I got to tell you, <laughs> uh, the first thing that hit my mind was, what are you going to do about retirement? Uh, but but I realize that that your generation is not bound by what are we going to do by uh, with in retirement because you're so innovative. Can you talk to me about this innovation and about your ability to take risk and how this is really affording you all to champion spaces that my generation may not ever see because we are so safe and we are so compartmentalized in how we work? Yeah. So what I would say that's unique about this is not everybody is not everybody in this generation, and of course, general a little bit of generalization here, are risk takers, but the majority of us take risk. So me personally, I'm, I consider myself to be risk adverse. I'm one of those people. I need to think things like through when it, it comes to taking a risk that's something my anxiety goes up. It's, it's just the whole thing for me. But what I have found about myself is that I am willing to take risks in the right circumstances when it is worth it when it's something where I know that I just have to step out on faith and see what happens and to believe in myself and to believe in what this has the potential to be knowing that knowing that what in whatever I do, there will be a level of success in that. And in one of the things that somebody told me in college, and I think this kind of ties back just as a metaphor, is that if you think about being a person who is really, you really put in the work, it's kind of like being a tree, the roots and everything, that's your foundation, that's what you've built for yourself and like your experiences, your networking, just the things that you've done. And if you go up the tree, go up the trunk, and you look at the different branches, it doesn't matter which branch you take, it all leads up to the sky. And so similarly, it doesn't matter what journey, what path you take, when you put that in and what you are nurturing, it's going to lead to the same place. So being willing to be flexible with how you get there and what it looking like is one of the things that helped me take the risk where I'm not a person who would typically just go all out there and do that. And I think another part that you touched on is um, vulnerability is something that has been really, really huge. So being able, a lot of my friends, fortunately, were able to have honest and real conversations about how we're doing when it's well, when it's not so well, and to be able to think through that. And those conversations that promotes innovation, being able to soundboard, to think outside of just like the tiny voice in your in your head when you need a sanity check and there's someone who can kind of give you that extra push or hold you accountable or work it out with you. I would say all of those little pieces that you create for yourself and your community in the way you operate and process allows you to take those big risks. Wow. And, and, you know, you and I were a part of some of those conversations. Uh, we've had uh, quite a bit 
of conversation around your future and your destiny yes. and what you'd like to do. And, and matter of fact, when you were going through our program, you were gainfully employed at a Fortune 500 uh, company and have just recently stepped out, as you say, on faith and, and joined um, a company that is a consultancy and you're doing some fantastic work uh, around the country and the globe with Perfecta. Uh, can, can you speak a little bit about uh, the why behind Perfecta and, and, and why in this season of your life did you decide to make that shift? Yeah, so the decision to, to go to Perfecta was one that happened over time. Again, you saw you saw the very real struggle there as I was trying to figure out, do I stay? Do I go? What is the timing? Is it worth the risk? Just all of these different aspects. But I would say one of the whys, again, goes back to those values, that authenticity, the work that they do. Perfecta, even the name is is giving you a little bit about what's important there for us. And that is putting the equity back into performance and talent. So one of the things that is so important to me, again, is being able to create these equitable like workplaces, but also to empower women, people of color to navigate some of these spaces that weren't initially meant for us and to be able to also do that work with organizations to achieve that same goal. And that's really what the focus is, is happening there. And while there were aspects of a solid culture at my past, like at my past job, I would say one of the gaps came not necessarily in the work, but in your personal life. And I would say something that I found to be very important for me, something I found to be very important to my friends is work, not becoming your all, being able to also invest in your life outside of work, whether that be your family or friends, like certain passions or things that you have. And so I know some people ask about what is the importance of work ethic to the younger generations or or things of that nature. And I think it's the fact that work ethic is not limited to just your work. It's also what, what you're really wanting to focus on outside of that. And so I felt with the shift to Perfecta, not only was I going to be able to do the type of work that I wanted to do, bring in that innovation and creating something new. We are very, very early on, but we have some big dreams that I'm excited for us to to continue to work through and getting to be a part of building that out and seeing that impact as we go were all things that made me want to lean into that. And then one of the main whys like that also helps me get to that was I realized that the environment that they had created, what they were doing, how I was aligned to it would allow for me to continue to pursue and grow myself professionally and personally in a safe way. And when I say safe, I mean mentally and emotionally my well-being would be taken care of in a way that it I felt at that time it was not. And that meant so much to me that combined with all of those other things, I was willing to take the leap. 
Yeah, because in the profession that you were in, you were working tons of hours. I mean, tons of hours. And and at some point, your well-being uh, is at stake. And, and I would say this. Sometimes we don't mind the grind if we know we're valued. Would you agree with that? I would definitely say that. I know one thing people will talk about is when you're working with leaders who, especially those who who have that that servant leadership, um, like yourself, Christina, when you're working with leaders like that and you feel supported, you feel that you know that they have like your back in that same way, you feel like you're in the trenches together. Yes. And even though it is tough, it's tough for everyone and you're able to march a little bit further and to kind of keep going a, a little bit longer. So I would definitely say that leadership influences that as well. Absolutely. You know, you said something earlier I want to unpack. You talked about work ethic. And, you know, one of the things and that kind of drives me around this whole conversation with millennials, and, and let me just put my disclaimer out there, I really don't like putting people in a box and calling people millennials. Um, I, I don't like calling people boomers, but we're doing that because we're trying to differentiate the age gap and some of the differences. But but I want to um, have this candid conversation around the unfair labels that we've heard placed on, uh, again, millennials, <laughs> such as, you know, lazy, meaning, uh, y- you know, you don't want to work hard, uh, you throw the towel in quickly, not committed. And it bothers me, Chelsea, to the core, because I know so many young people who are doing amazing things, making tons of money, and they're driven by their values. They're not driven by the dollar, but because they're driven by their values, they make the dollar. I don't know if that makes sense. And so it really, really bothers me when I hear corporate professionals put the younger generation in this unfair box and put a label on it. Can you can you address that in your own way? Have you heard of that? <laughs> yes, I, I've definitely heard the different labels that sometimes are are thrown around in a, in a negative connotation about millennials. I would say one of the ones that irks me the most would be entitled. So this sense that you're walking in with entitlement because a lot of times people will use that when you want to try something that is not status quo, when you want to look at working through things a different way, building a strategy a different way, being in a, a approaching like a meeting or something, it can be, this is how we've done it. This is how we should continue to do it without the willingness to kind of look at that from a different perspective, as well as a lot of times when you're bringing those new strategies or those different pieces forth, or you are, you find yourself in leadership positions, people will bring up the entitlement label because why are you seeking that additional promotion? Why are you at the age you are without the experience? Like, why are you, why are you leaning into that? You haven't paid your dues, so you're entitled. And I think it goes back to that piece around not just experience as in length of time, 
but in the work that you're doing to move things forward, you can lead in all types of ways and in all types of positions. You do not have to have the official leadership title to be a leader on your team. And it does not make you entitled to step into that space and to lead in that position. And when you prove yourself consistently, being able to lead without the label or with like a mid one, when you are doing the work, when you are continuing to execute successfully, it does not make you entitled to advocate for yourself on this is what I've done. This is what the level above me does. I am doing that work. Let's have a conversation about how we can adjust my title. Let's have a conversation how we can adjust my pay. Those different types of things I feel millennials can often get a bad rep about, about having pay raise conversations or promotion conversations or things like that without waiting their turn in line, as some say, when, when really... I just think we need to be a little bit more open about what you, what's actually happening. You know, mm-hmm. um, when you're doing the work, you're doing the work and you need to be able to reward that. You need to be able to recognize that you need to be able to celebrate it. Cause it goes back to your point on being valued and that has everything to do again with retention and, and staying at a company and continue to grow at a company. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, you that was you articulated that in, in a way that was just powerful. What, what do you? How do you address this whole issue of not being committed? You all quit easily. You throw in the towel. No stick to itness. No thirty year pin. <laughs> how do you? How do you address that? Yes, I would say. This idea of of loyalty is very interesting to have conversations about because oftentimes when you have that conversation of leaving when it's time for you to leave, like maybe earlier, maybe in that three to five mark, it can be seen as you have like no loyalty to the firm or you you shift a lot. You know, it can be those, again, some of those those negative connotations. But I think there's a few things that go into that. One, if you're just looking at data and, and kind of uh, some of those different pieces, you will find that those who are able to truly maximize their salaries job hop more often than those who stay within a particular firm. And again, I think that has a lot to do with certain issues within retention and in ways that companies aren't looking at some of those different processes to pay people what they're worth, pay them what they are valued, pay them for what they are doing. Because what ends up happening, and you see this a lot right now with this um, shortage that's happening with staff, what's happening with availability of resources. A lot of companies are hiring out the wazoo to get people in the door, what you're finding is those people who held you down whenever we were low shortage, who were doing that additional things, who were taking on that additional bandwidth, they aren't being compensated or they're not backtracking to make up for 
what has been lost or, or those different types of things. And so what ends up happening is you get somebody new in the role, you end up having an honest conversation and you find out what the industry is actually paying. Yeah, and it okay. makes in like compared to what you're getting and yours is lower and you start to think they don't value me. And that I think is like just one of the reasons why I feel people will start to shift. But again, like we've talked about several times, it's not all about the money. I think the other part really goes back to the not insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. If you are in a spot of extreme burnout or where you have not been supported, people aren't approving your PTO. They're not, um, giving you those recognitions. They're not valuing your work instead of sitting in that and expecting one day for them to wake up, see your value and for everything to change. People are recognizing that I believe there is better for me and I'm going to go find it. And by doing that, they help keep some of these companies honest because they're not just going to stay. We need to work to make this an environment that people want to stay in, that they want to grow in, that they're where we are continuing to raise the bar, not only with how we serve our employees, but also how we grow our employees, the opportunities they have, the things of those different natures. When you can supply that and support them while you're helping them grow, I feel like you might have a different situation when it comes to how often people leave, but that's not the reality for most people in corporate America right now. Wow. I I don't, I mean, I am sitting here becoming unglued. Um, you are hitting every pressure point that I talk about with to corporate leaders. And if no one hears anything in this conversation, I want you to hear that Chelsea is saying, A, lead with your values. And if you are a corporation, if you have the power of the purse strings, please pay people what they're worth. I'm going to say that again. Please, please, please pay people what they're worth. Because when you don't pay people what they're worth, you speak to how you value them. And I think our younger generation is saying, I'm not going to watch you climb the corporate ladder of success and you're working me eight to nine to 10 to 15 hours a day and you're going to uh, keep me at a pay grade where I cannot um, expand my own horizon. Because as you know, housing prices, all of these things, when we keep our younger people um, at a very low wage, what we're really saying to them is that I'm not going to allow you to compete competitively in the market in terms of housing and our economy. And so that piece that you talked about that comes in addition to being happy about being at work, you can't continue to enjoy that if you got to keep renting uh, uh, an efficiency because you're not making enough money to take care of yourself. 
So I think you're absolutely right. And I think it's important as we look at uh, succession planning and we we look at uh, what's happening in the future as we forecast the future of our organizations, that we look at the cost of living ratios so that we can adequately compensate people. Because if we don't adequately compensate young people, you are taking your vote elsewhere, even if it means that you have to be innovative, uh, like Perfecta, right? Your CEO uh, hung up corporate America and went out, hung her own shingle, and she is now not only employing herself, but others. And she's doing a fantastic job doing it, and she herself is a millennial, so I, I take my hats off to you all. If I, if I, I wish I could rewind uh, 20, 25 years because there's some things that I've done too long, some spaces I stayed in too long, which uh, impacted my individual ability to climb and grow and do some things. And so as you're speaking, and I think this is why it's important for us to listen to our young people because you're educating me in this conversation. And I, I appreciate it because I can tell you, there's some spaces that I've been in too long. And um, and that's not a bad thing. It's just it is what it is. And so because of that, there are some um, playing fields that I may not be able to play on because I made those decisions. OK. And so I, I thank you for saying that. Chelsea, listen, you this is a rich conversation. I, I we're going to go into a commercial break uh, really quickly and and pay uh, have our sponsors uh, pay the bills for us. And we'll be right back. Have you ever wondered how to scale your career or what about lead your team to the next level of success? Or maybe you've thought about stepping out and launching that new consulting business. Whatever your personal, corporate, or professional desires are, Exec Talk with Paradigm 360 is the platform for you to glean from world-class thought leaders across the globe. Join the conversations on Apple, Android, and various podcast platforms. And once the show is over, keep the conversation going on Twitter at Paradigm360 underscore LLC. Until then, in the words of our executive leadership coach, Christina Lee, we'll see you at the top. Are you ready to jumpstart your conversations? How about create a culture of transformation through powerful coaching questions? Then Accelerated Coaching Conversations is the solution for your team or organization. Paradigm 360 offers a one-day coaching training course that will introduce powerful skills that coaches use to create high-quality, breakthrough conversations. These conversations help to improve the participants' personal and professional effectiveness. People can leverage the power of conversations to impact people in transformational ways. Trainees will learn how to listen for what really matters, understand how to ask powerful questions that result in increased workplace productivity, identify conversation killers that sabotage constructive relationships, learn how to identify the types of questions that create space for people to respond authentically. For more information about Accelerated Coaching Conversations, please contact us in the following ways. On the web, Paradigm360Consulting.com or drop us an email at info at P360Coach.com to schedule your next corporate, government, or nonprofit Accelerated Coaching Conversation for your team today. In the between time, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Paradigm360 underscore LLC or check out our latest leadership podcast, Exec Talk, on Apple, Google, and Spotify platforms for the latest and greatest corporate and business tips. 
In the words of our marketplace coach, Christina Lee, we will see you at the top. You're listening to Exec Talk with Paradigm 360 with executive leadership coach, Christina Lee. After the show, stay connected at www.paradigm360consulting.com. Now back to the show with your host, Christina Lee. All right, we're back with Chelsea Caldwell. We are so excited about uh, this conversation. It has just been fantastic. Chelsea, as we um, land this plane, I have a couple of questions for you, but what else, is there anything else that you could think of in this space that you'd like to share uh, before we uh, end our conversation today? You've given us such value, such richness. Is there anything that um, you would like to share in addition to what you've already shared? I would say one of the additional things that I would share is the importance of conversation and continued conversation. And this goes across all lines within within your business and when it comes to your employees and hearing your employees' voice. There needs to be a feedback loop. There needs to be a way where you can share about your experience, what's going well, and what's not going well. And when leaders receive that information, there needs to be a way that it is addressed and reported back. So you see what is happening with that information, and you see how you are going about improving upon it. Because what I would say, some companies might be listening to some conversations like this one and thinking, well, our work-life balance isn't there right now. Does this mean we're going to lose out on all the millennial talent or all the this type of talent who wants that because we're not there yet? Not necessarily. Because when you put that action to what you are saying and you begin to show ways that you are changing there are going to be people who want to help you facilitate that change. There are going to be people who want to be a part of that work and to be able to do that with you. Where I think we can mess up a lot is when you have those types of conversations in a vacuum and you make the solution in a vacuum. And what I mean by that, I've been in those conversations where the employee said, we want more work-life balance. And what the solution was is, Let's add some more meetings to the calendar of these optional social times and have everybody join those and that'll connect them more. You just said you needed more time and you just added more time on their calendars away from the, it just, it's not lining up. And a lot of times it's because there's not any diversified voices speaking about what the solutions to some of these problems that employees are voicing are. And when I say diversified, I'm not only talking about like race, age, like across like all of the different lines, you need to be bringing your employees, your leaders and a diverse group of each into the conversation to drive this forward, to create a culture that is not only inclusive, but it's something that is worth being a part of. It's something you're proud to be a part of. And you do that by, again, bringing people into the fold, 
having the conversations because that drives their ownership in it. And that's going to help improve your retention. That's powerful. As you were speaking, I've thought about how important it is for us to use the talent that is on the team. And oftentimes we do not tap into the diversity of gifts. We want the diversity on our team, but we don't want them to really use the talent. And that bottlenecks the organization because when you hold me to a job description, you kill my innovation. Can, can you speak to that? And is that a challenge, too, as to one of the reasons that our younger professionals are seeking things outside of current structures that do not allow them to bring their innovation to the table, that there's so many restrictions? Can, can... I would say I, I've definitely seen that where not only your talents aren't coming in, but your interests. So when it comes to wanting to grow, you never quite master anything, but when you start to build up a certain expertise in things, there might be a time where you want to try your hand at something else. You might want to lean into that. And when you're getting that response back that, no, we've put you in this box, you've done this for us this time, so you're going to just stay here that's all you get to do, that is hampering people's growth and where they might be wanting to go is oftentimes one of the motivating factors for let me look elsewhere where I can continue to use some of those transferable skills of all of the great stuff that I know, but be able to work on the stuff that I want to grow in. Absolutely. So you all are very project-based, meaning that you don't mind uh, burning the candle sometime in a project if it's going to bring value to you and to the organization and to help write the narrative of your future. Would that be fair? Yes. I, w- I would say for for me, I, I, can, I can definitely speak to that there have been times where I knew that I was making a sacrifice of some kind, whether that be to my time or just various things and there have been times that I have intentionally done just that because I know the importance of what I'm gaining in that and where I am going and how that fits into it so I think kind of to that that piece of how where's the value add for where what not only what am I doing now but what I'm wanting to do and how does this fit into that plan is definitely something that I know for me, I consider. Well, I, I love that value add, right? We, we often think about that in, in lean six Sigma processes when we're looking at products and innovation. And, but we also have to look at that uh, around human capital as well, right? What is the value added? Chelsea, this has been phenomenal. I want to know, inquiring minds want to know, what is next for Chelsea Caldwell? Girl, you've just wrote a book on this podcast. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm so pumped up. Uh, I feel 25 right now. I feel 25, uh, although my mind tell me I'm, I'm, I'm 50 something. Uh, but you have encouraged me today. 
I feel so safe in the hands of our future leaders who are like you and uh, Letitia Bird, who's the CEO of uh, Perfecta and her wonderful team. What's next for Chelsea Caldwell? Yeah, so lots of things next. We are, are definitely in a season of change. I know we mentioned earlier that I hail from the great state of Texas. I am picking up my roots and I'm headed to Georgia. So I'm actually moving to Atlanta here soon. That is a big change for me in landscape and and everything else. But I'm super, super excited for it and the work that our team at Perfect is going to continue to do. There's opportunities that I'm working through right now to, to build out innovative methodology approaches to to doing things in a way that is authentic and effective and and just honest in a way way that I'm just I'm just really 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 excited about so so I would say just again, the the work that we have coming up ahead, like with the team is something I'm super excited about. Lots of changes in my personal life that I'm excited about. Um, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Chelsea, I, I hear uh, as we um, land this plane, I, I hear a young person about your age, 20 something, who's saying I'm stuck. What what do you say to them? I'm stuck. I'm stuck in a career I'm not happy with. Uh, I'm stuck in the labels. I'm stuck in the box that people have put me in. I have a passion. I have a dream. I have a goal. What do you say to them, Chelsea, as we close? I would say one, you're never stuck. I think there are some times when not only the labels that you put on yourself or people tell you what you are or what you do, and there can be some very real fear associated with if I try something new, if I do this, if I fail, how do I even start? What are the next steps? What are those different pieces? What I have found and what has helped me prevent myself from being stuck, what has helped me become unstuck, have been realizing that you can move in fear. Do not let fear keep you stagnant. Do not let that keep you from having the conversations. Do not make that keep you from taking the action, submitting the application, applying to the grad school, whatever that next step may be for you. You do not have to fully get past that fear to get into that action. And starting in that, the answer is going to be in the action. And so just kind of encouraging to to do that reflection and then to get to work. Wow. Chelsea, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Listen, we have had a fantastic conversation today uh, with Chelsea Caldwell from Perfecta. And listen, we want to continue these conversations. But until now, my time is up. I thank you for yours. We'll see you all at the top. 
Thank you for tuning in to Exec Talk with Paradigm 360, where executive leadership meets values, authenticity, and integrity in the marketplace. If you would like to know more about Paradigm 360 Consulting, check us out on the web, www.paradigm360consulting.com, or continue the Exec Talk conversation on Twitter at Paradigm360 underscore LLC. Until then, in the words of executive leadership coach Christina Lee, we'll see you at the top.